Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right, welcome back to episode 34 of Move the District. I am pumped to be back here with you guys. This is Dr. Mike Yassin, your host. And today we got a very special episode, as always. Before we get into it, though, uh, I have one small little request. Uh, If you have not already, please subscribe to our podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcast, whatever, wherever the hell you're listening, please subscribe. And while you're at it, please give us a five-star rating. We are very appreciative of you guys listening. So with that being said, let's get into it. Today, uh, I'd like to welcome to the show Mayor Chambers. She is a coach at Cut7 and Equinox. She's also a NASM certified personal trainer and a precision nutrition coach. Mayor, not Meredith, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. How you doing? I am good. I am good. Thanks for coming on and uh, and being part of Move the District here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so this is your first podcast. It is my first podcast. Are you nervous? Uh, absolutely. I got to <laughs> impress you, Mike. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you you sound good. And uh, I think we got uh, a full uh, full slate ahead of us of, uh, of, of things to discuss. Absolutely. Uh, Lay it on me. Yes. Yes. On the hot seat. Like when like the, uh, the lights <laughs> dim, like who wants to be a millionaire? That's kind of where I feel like I am right now. Like with a light over top of my head. Yeah. Yes. Who wants bit. to be a millionaire Zoom style? Exactly. Yes. Um, all right. So let's get into it here a little bit. Give us a little bit of your background. How did Mayor Chambers come to be here? Fitness icon in Washington, D.C. Fitness icon. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I kind of, I fell into fitness. Um, I would say little under five years ago, um, I tried the route of sitting behind a desk and doing the whole corporate thing. If you've met me, if you've talked to me, I have endless amounts of energy and I just can't sit still. Um, and it was my, my two friends that kind of brought me into the scene, uh, Chris and Alex Perrin, who are the owners and CEOs, um, of cut seven. They were like, we think that you'd be really good in this field. And, uh, Alex actually mentored me through the whole process of quitting the job, um, that I was in, I was in event planning, um, and just kind of navigating what it's like to be in fitness full time. I mean, it's, it's, it's a 360, um, from going to corporate to fitness, um, where it's just nothing but a hustle. What I love the most about being in fitness is, is that hustle aspect. Um, it's no two days are the same. Um, you're constantly meeting new people. You're challenging new people. Um, and it gives you that, 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 that rush literally every single day. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of just, just made sense for me because I was always just working out as a passion. And I, I was fortunate enough to be in a position to turn that passion into a career. Um, so here I am. Nice. Nice. So now were you, were you an athlete growing up? Was, it, was that something that was always part of it? Or, or when did the, like you said, you were always passionate towards fitness. Where did that come from? So I, people, people are astounded to find out that I didn't play sports growing up. Um, I'm one of three, uh, one of four girls and uh, all three of my sisters play sports growing up. And I, I just never, I just never got into it. Um, I fell in love with fitness. Um, when I was 18, I started to run. That was my gateway drug. And it still is one of those things where I do daily just to kind of clear my head. Um, I was anorexic. I was 92 pounds at my lowest, um, feeling super insecure. And I turned to running to kind of change my, my, my mental state. Um, and through that, I just, I, I fell in love with being able to push your body, to push your mental strength, um, to see where it can take you. And so then it, it just kind of grew from there. I definitely 
I think if you were to put me on a soccer field today, I would still be that person that was like too, too nervous to try to, to play the game. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of just fell in love with it through running. It was one of those things where you, you put your, your headphones in, you strap on your shoes and you just go. And it's a feeling that I still love getting. I mean, I, I, you know, I put running before anything else. Um, so yeah. Excellent. I, that's awesome. And I, I don't think I, I knew that about you with your, your history with anorexia also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit more about how running helped you deal with that. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, to have an eating disorder, you are, you're kind of enveloped in this, this, this mental state where you don't feel loved. You feel very insecure. Um, you feel very isolated. Um, running was the thing that gave me confidence. Like, you know, and I started small by just doing a mile here, a mile there, and I kind of just grew and to put something like that in metrics where you can say, Hey, I'm going to run four miles today. And it be that goal, um, versus I want to drop five pounds by the end of the, at the end of the week. It, it, it definitely is a, it's a mind shift and it's a positive one where it's, you know, it's not making you feel less than you feel empowered by it. And it was, that was again, my gateway drug into fitness. Um, I think a lot of people that suffer from eating disorders can, can go in either way. They can kind of take the route that I took where, you know, you use it as a tool or you can go the route and, and kind of abuse it more. And, um, I was very fortunate that I had, you know, family and friends surrounding me through this entire experience, um, to kind of navigate me through, what has now been a very positive thing and a positive outcome, um, in my life. So it's been, it's been a journey. I don't, I can't say that, um, every day I don't go back to certain behaviors and I don't think about certain triggers. I think it's one of those things where if you have an eating disorder, you have it for life. It's finding tools and it's finding ways to, um, grow from it. That, 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 uh, ultimately leads you to a better place. Right, right. And I, I think, you know, I think you, you said something interesting there where like with running and people who have an eating disorder, it can go one of two ways. And I think you see that a lot. You know, I think you, you look at like, you know, the cross country world and, and there's definitely, um, you know, a, a pretty good uh, occurrence of, of people with eating disorders, um, you know, and, and I think it, you know, the fact that, you know, you had that mindset where you were looking at, you know, running miles is like a positive thing and using it as a positive outlet versus worrying about counting calories or counting pounds. Um, I think that's, you know, we're able to turn that tide. Did you feel like the, like with that extra running you were doing, did you feel like that made you want to eat more or did you feel like it, it changed your, your outlook on things? So, I mean, absolutely. Um, it again, shifted my mind to rather than starving myself, I wanted to fuel myself. I wanted to, I wanted to, um, give it what it needed so that it could be pushed so that I could do these things. Um, you know, obviously when you're not eating, you're, you're, you're weak, you're weak, you're not going to be able to do much. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it definitely shifted everything. Right. I was like, I was no longer starving myself. I was fueling it. I was getting it what it needed so that I could, run farther, run faster. Um, and it, it grew, I grew into a more healthy relationship with food. Um, but as I said, it's one of those things where it's never going to go away. Um, I was 18 at the time. I'm now 33 and I, I definitely still struggle with, with, um, with eating. I think that's also very true for a lot of people in the fitness industry where people are looking at us to be the example, to be this perfect person, um, but we struggle too. We, we struggle with body image issues. We struggle with, you know, feeling our best selves. Um, and, and it's, so it's, it's just, it's, it's just tricky. So I, I do use running as my platform to feel empowered for myself. Um, and it's funny because, uh, Chris Perrin, <laughs> he's always asking me like, Mary, why you gotta run? Why you gotta run? And, and I, there's no words to describe just what it, how it makes me feel. Um, and it's something I won't ever give up. Right. No, I mean, I think that, you know, the whole concept of the runner's high is definitely a, uh, you know, very real thing where, where, you know, you get through a run, whether it's a mile or five miles or 15 miles and, and that feeling afterwards, you know, that's a feeling that you want to like capture and, and, yeah. and carry with yeah. you for sure. Yeah. 
Um, you want to brag about it a little too. You're like, yeah, I just did this, you know? Um, and it, yeah, it just puts a smile on your face and it's the best feeling in the world. Right. So now you say that you, you know, still think about these things every day. How, yeah. how do you manage it on a day-to-day basis? Um, I try again to, to shift my, my thinking into rather than punishing myself, I'm fueling. And I think that's been the mindset that's helped me through this entire thing. Um, I, you know, I had a conversation with somebody, you know, not too long ago about how I still do struggle with that aspect of my life. And I think it's something that I've learned to recognize, um, so I do have those cookies. I do have, you know, I have my ice cream. I have an addiction to chocolate. I have an addiction to peanut butter. Um, it, Reese's it's number a, one candy. It's literally, I can't, I actually cannot buy peanut butter. It cannot be in my house because I will eat the whole thing. Um, but it's, it, it's one of those things where I'm no longer eating it and then feeling like I need to, you know, do whatever to get those calories out of my body. It's like, okay, well, I have the peanut butter. Great. Um, right, right. It's, it, it's, it's, it's very different and I can't, can't really put it into words how different my, my relationship is with food, but, um, it, it's, as I said, it's just something I'm, I think I'm always going to struggle with. Um, so I tried to eat healthy, but I try not to, I don't punish myself after having, you know, what I would call unhealthy foods. Um, right. I think it's just all in moderation. That's the most important part. Right. And I, th- I think part of it also comes down to the fact, like you said, you are, you're eating to, to fuel yourself. Exactly. So, you know, you prioritize certain foods to optimize that exactly. your, your performance. Exactly. I think that makes, that makes perfect sense. I think it's pretty powerful, you know, someone, you know, on this side of things, you know, on the fitness side of things, who's able to, you know, talk about uh, these things. Cause I think, you know, uh, uh, you know, on the flip side, you know, someone who might attend a class or, you know, maybe follows you on social media, you know, and is going through that and, and think, oh, well, it's, it's easy to see the, the glory, the, the, you know, the Instagram side of, of, uh, you know, fitness and like, oh, people don't, you know, deal with these things. And I think it's, it's important to remember that, you know, um, you know, we fitness professionals, you know, yeah. go through the struggle also, you know, it's not yeah. all, um, photo shoots and, uh, Exactly. And, and, and exactly. Instagram, I don't we're, know. We're human too. And, and it's, and it's tough because I've also had, uh, and I think this is probably relatable for most, um, fitness instructors where I've had people comment on my body, um, both positive and negative. And I think you can, you can turn that around and you can, you can make it the most negative thing in the world. Um, but it's, it's, it's empowering to know that I, I, I've come really far. And so comments that are unwarranted, um, I kind of have to just brush aside because I may not be the skinniest person. I may not be the strongest person, but what my body is capable of doing, it wasn't capable of doing 10 years ago. Um, and so I think that's the most important part. And that's such a huge accomplishment, um, to be able to sit here and say is possible. Um, so yeah. One of my, one of my favorite quotes from Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is a thief of joy. And I think that's the, the, the biggest thing is when you start like comparing yourself to so-and-so fitness instructor, so-and-so health professional, like, yeah, you get sucked into that rabbit hole of just like, you know, losing all that whole mind. And it's so easy. It's so easy. It's so easy to do that. Exactly. You get sucked into that, that rabbit hole and you forget, you know, where was I 10 years ago? What was I doing 15 years ago, five years ago, last month, you know, and, and seeing that process, that progress versus yeah, comparing yourself to so-and-so and, you know, uh, for better or for worse, you know, and at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's, I think how you ultimately have to, you know, we continue to move forward is right. by just focusing on yourself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And doing things that make you feel strong and, 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 and confident in yourself. Um, and I, I think it's, it's just a lesson that most people, it's not a lesson. I think it's just something a lot of people do struggle with. And, um, it's, it's hard to be in that kind of spotlight where people do really look to you to be, you know, a source of inspiration when, um, you know, you're allowed to be human on the inside too. Right. Right. I mean, what, what, I mean, what kind of advice would you give to someone who, who shows up to their first class and they look around and they see everybody, you know, crushing a cut seven workout and, and you're, you know, you're obviously the one leading the workout, but you know, you see, you know, someone new, what kind of advice would you give to that person? It starts now. It starts now. Everyone's on their own fitness journey. Um, 
And the person next to you could have started their journey 10 years ago. It doesn't matter. It starts now. It starts with a choice to better yourself. Um, and it starts with your own individual goals. I mean, we're all different in that sense. And we all have um, unique accomplishments that we're trying to, to, to go after. Um, so it starts with you and it starts now. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's, let's get back to the timeline here. So you pick up running. Now are you in college, you're in high school. I'm, I'm in college. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you run marathons, half marathons, races, anything, or just, you just ran to run? You know, I ran to run. I've done a few races in my, my lifetime. I hated every single one of them. <laughs> um, I, you know what it is? I feel like I you're a pretty competitive person though. I'm very competitive, but I don't like being told where to go. And that's literally all it stems down to. I don't like being told where I have to go. Um, like like you don't want to like follow like a course. Right? That what you're these routes tell you where you need to go. And it's like, Hey, this is the hill that you have to climb. And I just, I do it for enjoyment. I don't like to be told where to go. Um, I always found it really stressful to show up at a race and, um, and have a billion people around and kind of having to like navigate your own path through these people. And while trying to stay at your own pace, it just, it takes the fun out of it for me. So I, I do it for my own self pleasure. It's my, it's my guilty pleasure, you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, so you were running, you got a job living that corporate life doing event planning, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then what happened? And then I, 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 it came, it came to a head. I remember I was working 80 hours a week on, Whew. On, on weeks that I didn't have events. And I couldn't remember the last time that I worked out. I wasn't eating healthy. I wasn't sleeping. I, I don't remember the last time I connected with a real person to have, you know, I had no social life. Um, and I finally was like, this is not the path for me. And I quit. I had to. Um, Did you have a plan? I didn't have a plan. Um, but before that, so let me backtrack. Before that, I had I got my first teaching job at Flow Yoga Center off of P Street in DC from Alex Perrin. Um, she she approached me and she's like, I need somebody to take over this class. We're starting cut seven. And I, she's like, I think you'd be a perfect fit. And I was like, hell yes. And it was a hit class. I coached it once a week. Um, and the high that I would get from it, I was like, this is unbelievable. If I could recreate this all the time, I would. Um, and that was how I got into, into fitness. I started coaching at Salcor and then cut seven, uh, opened up and I started as a captain with them and then became a coach. I'm actually the only person on the schedule as a coach that started as a captain with them. Um, and I've been with cut seven for almost three years now. Wow. Wow. So you started at, it was flow yoga. That's where you started yeah. doing a yoga hit class. It was not a yoga class, just hit. It was the one, one class on the schedule that was not yoga based. This is all on your uh, LinkedIn profile, by the way. Oh, hey, I didn't even know I was still on there. <laughs> still on there. Yes. Um, yes. So tell me about your first class. What was oh, your first God. class? You I was like? so nervous. I was so nervous. Um, you know, nothing can prepare you for that moment um, because there was very minimal training involved. Actually, there was there was no training. It was kind of like flow yoga was like, hey, you want to do this? It's yours to run with. Lead it however you want. And I was scared out of my mind. Um so I don't, I can't say that my first class was that great, but it was a huge learning experience and it kind of, it kind of taught me how to be in front of people, right? You have to, you know, I was never good on the whole public speaking thing and then having to get in front of a very intimate crowd and, and run them through a workout where they kind of look to you, obviously, um, to get that workout in. It, it was a lot of pressure. I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. And as soon as it was over, I was like, oh, that was great. <laughs> I mean, it really, it's, it's like a performance, right? Where like you, you get like that high and then you yeah. just like crash, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, what do you you know, you obviously have like such a, a big personality, positive energy. What are some of the things you do to work on that? In terms of coaching? Yeah. Or, Loaded question. or, in, or in life. Loaded question. Um, I think that's just my, my general being. Um, I'm, I'm probably one of the bubbliest people. I, I think people are, that, that's out there. I really do have just an exuberant amount of, of energy. Um, in order to stay up with it, um, I definitely require a lot of downtime. Um, I think meditating has taught me a lot. Um, I used to do yoga a lot, but I, I, you know, I haven't been able to keep up with that. Um, 
honestly, I think the thing that gets me through these, these, these long days is, um, it's the, it's the energy that you get off of other people. So it's not necessarily self-generating. I don't, I don't feel like I ever have to go into a class and be like, I'm responsible for all of the, you know, the energy in this room. It's, it's, it goes both ways. And, um, it's the connections that you make, you make with people that kind of just make it vibe. Um, so I think for me, the only thing that I can really say in terms of how I keep it up is a living by myself and b really prioritizing me time at the end of every day. Um, I've learned to say the word, no, you know, I, you have to, um, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think it absolutely, absolutely does. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think there are certain types of people out there that um, feed off that energy from others and they really thrive off. It's almost like a selfish thing yeah. where, and, and I mean that in like the, the, the best way possible that like, you know, you get that energy from other people and it, it allows you to be who you are. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also important to, to, to note that the second you walk onto that turf at cut seven or wherever you're coaching, you got to leave your personal shit behind. You know, those people are there to get an experience, to get that workout in and you as a coach can make or break it. Um, and so you kind of have to leave again, your shit at the door and just, and just be there, be present. Um, and, 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 and show up, you know, um, that's the consistency that people are looking for. And that, and I think that's very, very important. Um, as, as a coach, as a personal trainer, as, as anybody in this industry can tell you, um, it's not about you. You know, you can be super tired. You could have not slept for 14 days. You know, we've all, we've all felt that, mm-hmm. um, you still have to show up for, you know, those athletes who have to show up for your clients. Um, so I've never, I've never been asked this question before. I think for me, the energy just kind of comes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it just, it just comes. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, I think though, like you said, not getting yourself burnt out though. Yeah. And learning to say yeah. no, because it's great. Cause you want to be, you want to like coach all these classes. You want to do all the workouts. You want to like hang out with friends. You want to stay up all night. And it's like, you can't do everything. You learn quickly what your body can't handle. Um, right. I was that person that I didn't have a day off for years. I was like, give me more, give me more. Yes, 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 yes. And it just, you know, I was getting sick all the time. I was, I was having to call out of work because I, I couldn't get out of bed. Um, and finally Alex was like, you need you need to have a day off. I'm going to force you to have a day off. It was actually her that forced it. Um, and she said, and I need you to guard that day with your life. And that was the best piece of advice I think she's ever given me because it's, it's changed my world. Um, cause then I can actually show up on Monday morning and, and, and go. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, you're right. If you don't, if you don't take time off, you're going to be the first person to, uh, to get sick, to, fall into depression. I mean, it, it could be, it could be really bad. Yeah. I mean, I think that the idea of like protecting it with your life, I think that's so important. That's something I've learned this year, this past year is, yeah. is like, you know, if you block something on your schedule, whether it's an afternoon or an hour or a whole day, like guard that with your life, because yeah. it really, um, if you don't, it'll catch up to you really quick. It catches up to you so quickly. I mean, this week, I, I, I will admit this is my ninth day in a row working. Um, I could not guard my Sunday with my life because um, of the rallies that happened on Wednesday uh, in DC. And I had to push on my Wednesday evening clients somewhere. So I ended up working on Wednesday or on Sunday. Um, and I've had a few people say, Hey, what are you doing on Sunday? And I've said, I'm shutting it down. I need to, I need a day to be by myself. Uh, you can find me locked in my apartment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's something where, you know, the weekends I've always been protective of the weekends and then, and then like evenings when I come yeah, home, I tri- you, you, know, you have, you have clients all over the board. So push, yeah. pushing, you know, putting the phone down, you know, at like nine o'clock at night, like that's like airplane mode come at not come 9 PM just because like you, you, you can't, you can't just be there, you know, engaging on Instagram. Airplane mode. Tell me more about this. Yeah. Just nine o'clock at night, airplane mode. And, yeah. uh, I, I try to limit my interaction with other people at that point. All right. And, and this out by 9 PM. Do not contact. Yeah. And then I, I probably, I, I try to get to bed by 10 asleep by 10 30, um, which is still not great considering I, some mornings I wake up at four 30 in the morning, but, um, oh, yeah, I know the struggle. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, uh, it's all part of the process of like that whole nighttime, like winding down because I was someone 
you know, a year ago that would just, you know, stay up. I would be up till 11, 12, and then I would turn around and get before 30. And yeah, you can do it for a period of time. And then your body just is like, no, you can't do yeah. this. And yeah. so, you know, the, the rule, there was, this was actually a new year's resolution. I set last, Ooh, year, tell me last more. year was to, you know, make 10 30 my bedtime. I was like, this isn't ideal. It's not the best, but with this, I can actually set a, a schedule and now I'm in the process of trying to wind that back further so that I can actually get more than just six hours, six and a half hours of sleep. My bedtime is generally like nine o'clock. That there you go. Exactly. But it takes me a really long time to fall asleep. Um, so when I say bedtime, it's very loose terms, but I'm in bed by nine. Yeah. I mean, and then it's, you know, you get into bed and then I listen to meditation. I'm a big meditation guy. Um, Cause I think that helps me just turn my brain off. So I think that, and then that kind of like sets the tone then for the next day so that yeah. I can actually have a, a, sli- uh, a rest, restful night. It's amazing what sleep does to you. It's amazing. There you're freaking the best kept secret. I tell you what, it's the best kept secret. Best kept secret. People don't want to hear it. They don't. People want, people want to hear about Theraguns and they don't want to turn off and lacrosse balls and, and, right. and, you know, all these other gadgets and gizmos, but. They're, they're too excited about The Bachelorette, you know? They're, that's what they're doing. That, isn't it The Bachelor? It's The Bachelor. I don't know. I don't watch it. I tried. Listen, I tried. I watched two and a half episodes, and I, I, I physically couldn't do it anymore. I watched the first episode of this new season. It's pretty good. Okay, I can't do it. I haven't watched it in probably like 15 years. But, but. I also, just, I, I, I'm not a person that you're ever going to see watching TV. Do you know I'm 33, and I just, just bought myself a TV, and it's not even, it's not even plugged in yet. You know, you're the second person on the podcast here. I think Cammy Wolf, I think she, she said the same thing. She, I think she just got a TV as well. Because I think I, I asked her, I said, what are you watching TV these days? And she was like, nothing. I, I, don't, I don't even know why I got the TV. I, I, I thought maybe, you know, it'd be nice to have. Go for a walk. Um, are you there i think i lost you i i'm just came back. sorry about that wi-fi is going in and out <laughs> is that better? all right go. you're back you're back there we're, we good. Go. we're good brief, brief laps but we're good um right, so let's let's jump back into it now at what point did you make the jump to cut seven um, I was one of the first people to find out Cut7 was opening. Uh, Alex and I went to Chris's last class at Orange Theory up in Boston. Um, and she sat me down. She said, hey, we're opening up a gym. We want you to be part of it. Um, and at that point, I wasn't, I wasn't NASM certified. It's required that you're uh, a NASM certified personal trainer to be a coach there. Um, and she said, as soon as that's done, we can, you know, we can start working things out. Um, and so that was what, four or five years ago. I mean, that was a while ago. Um, and so again, I started as a captain, which is just somebody that kind of helps with the check-in process. They help, you know, they're, they're the eyes and ears in class. They help uh, with the new folks in class. They kind of help the, uh, the coaches as well. Um, and I was that for probably a year. And then I started training uh, to be a coach. That's, that's awesome. Talk a little bit more about the, uh, the impact that, that Chris and Alex or the, uh, the first family of DC Fitness have, you know, uh, I have, I have, have three people. Yeah, I have three people in my in my life that are 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 that were truly you know fundamental in my growth, uh, and all of which I met at Cut. It was Chris, Alex, and then Katie. Um, I can't say that I am not as strong enough coach or as strong of as co- of a coach as I am right now without the three of them. Um, I think just their expertise, their dedication, and their their willingness to share their knowledge with me is, is just unparamount. I've never met folks like that before in my life. I think um, what makes them so special collectively and individually is that they they really do want to better the people around them that are asking for help. Um, I think people in the fitness industry, they hold their knowledge in, they guard it with their life, kind of like their day off, um, because they see that as, as a threat, they see, you know, they, they kind of see it as like, Hey, this is what I have to offer. I'm going to keep it in. And what made them so different is they were like, Mayor, we, we, you're asking for help. Here's how I'm going to help you. Um, here's what you can do to improve and to do better. Um, 
And so I learned everything. I, I learned everything from the three of them. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful because I would not be as strong of a coach as I am right now without them. Yeah. I think the, the idea of like growth mindset versus scarcity mindset is definitely something that, you know, people come across frequently in the fitness world where, you know, yeah, there is like a tendency to like, oh, they stole this from me or she stole exactly. it from me, you know, yeah. and, and, and it ends up becoming this, um, you know, just like a, a toxic re relationship, you know, between, um, between gyms, between trainers. And, and, um, you know, I think having that idea that like, Hey, like we're all in this together. And yeah. if we're all really good at this, it's only going to make things, um, you know, better, you know, well, for everybody, we all, we all win. So true. And I think that's, what's so great about the culture at cut seven is like, we really do want to, you know, empower each other to be better because when, you're better. I'm better. We're all better, you know? And, and it's this, it's this idea of, of sharing that wealth because, you know, it's, it's team over self. That's our, that's our motto. And, and I, I think we, we really do stand by that. Um, and I feel very lucky to have, um, the support of everyone that is, that has been so, so, you know, crucial to my, to my growth. Um, I think it's unique as I said before, because people don't want to share their knowledge. They really don't. Um, and so it's something, it's, it's something very special. Right. Um, we've been talking about cut seven here. Give us a background. Get, tell us what cut seven is. Tell, tell uh, us what the workout. At cut seven is. Uh, you know, we train the way that athletes train preseason. Um, it's, it's been deemed one of the hardest workouts in DC. Um, it, it, it really, it's, it's a collaboration between, uh, personal training and group training, um, the sense that it's, you get that personalized attention throughout class. We're, we're very, uh, keen on that. Um, and it's our goal to make you a stronger performer, stronger athlete, um, from the moment you walk in that door, uh, because, you know, the things that you, you, you learn and grow from inside our studio, you're going to be a better person outside. That's kind of just how we feel. Um, you push yourself inside, you're going to be a better person outside. Um, and so we really do pay so much attention to every single person that walks through those doors. Um, and that's, that's kind of what makes us so unique is we really do. Um, we, we're, we're not just, uh, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. We're, we're just, uh, you know, we, we just pay more attention to those things. Um, we want you to be a stronger athlete. We want you to be, be you know, a stronger performer. And the only way to do that is to, to work on technique and, and, and to get pushed at, on top of that. So, so yeah. I like the, you know, you guys always are emphasizing the importance of the team, you know, and, and, and what, talk a little bit more about, about the role the team plays in all this. Oh my gosh. It's, it's absolutely crucial. Um, I mean, listen, some people are really good at the gym. They're really good at pushing themselves. But for the majority of us, we need that motivation. Uh, we need to be held accountable. And it's that accountability aspect of Cut7 that makes people go in there and work twice as hard. I mean, when you have somebody, um, you know, waiting on you to finish what your, your, your uh, exercise is, you're going you're gonna to push for that, right? Um, and it, it kind of just grows into this community where you, you kind of just you grow as a better, as a better person, I would say, um, because you, you, you learn more about yourself, you learn about others. Um, and so you really do push faster, harder, stronger than you would ever do by yourself. Do you, do you find that people have better buy-in with that versus your average group class? Um, I, I think it varies. I think if, if it's for you, it's for you. I mean, listen, our workout's not for everybody. I think that's true for most workouts. Um, right if you're hoping to come in and, and do your own thing in a corner, probably not the best workout for you. Um, if you're, if you're hoping to be part of something bigger than yourself and then, then come check us out. Who is the average cut seven person? You and I, um, you know, I, I think, I think a lot, I, I still, I still hear to this day that some people won't try out cut seven because we're, we're too, we're too intense. Um, and I actually heard somebody tell me that a friend mentioned how you have to try out to be part of cut seven, um, uh, to make sure you can actually do the workout. That's not the case. We're all fitness levels. Um, you know, 
from the, the, the newbie that's just starting out with working out to, to, you know, we haven't, we had an athlete today finish her eighth hundredth class with us. Um, so it, it varies. Um, and you, what's, what's great about that is you, you're still going to get that great workout in. Um, so yeah, I think it, I don't think there is a cut seven cutout. <laughs> uh, it's, it's meant for everybody. Right, right, right. Um, now you also have been, uh, coaching over at Equinox doing the precision running classes, right? You're still doing those these days. Well, currently it's on pause because of COVID. Uh, okay. Still on pause. Oh yeah. They haven't started the precision running classes, right? Yes. They only started the group fitness classes. Correct. So then I was doing their run club for a while, but we're also putting that on pause. Um, just cause it's so cold out. People don't want to be outside. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's so fair. I've been with them for a little over a year. Um, and I love it. I love it. It's just something different. And again, it's it just, it's coaching, um, it's coaching through passion again. Mm-hmm. And, and you get to coach running. So that's fun. I do. I do. I love it. What, what percentage of your work time is dedicated to personal training? Oh, I would say 50% at least, if not more. 50% classes, 50% personal training. Yeah. I, if not more for personal training. Yeah. Where do you yeah. do your personal training? I go all over. So, um, I have a lot of, a lot of clients that I meet at their, um, at their homes. They have equipment that we use outside. Um, I do have an amazing building where I can train, uh, clients here. Um, but majority of them are still on zoom or will meet at like a park it's outside. Um, and it just depends on their goals, their fitness level, um, and, and their, their timing, honestly. Um, so yeah, it, it, it varies, but I would say that I spend 50 to 60% of my week, um, in personal training. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's talk a little bit about zoom. Hey. So, so almost a year ago, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm saying that now. Cause it's, it's, it's literally 10 months, uh, since the world ended yes. and, uh, yeah. and, and obviously everything changed in the fitness world. Um, what, how have you changed your approach? Have you changed your approach? How has what? Sorry. You, have, you, have you changed your approach? Um, to personal training online? It's Coaching, been, yeah. yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I think it, it's interesting in the, in, in the sense that you can't see everything that your client is doing. Um, you, you know, you break in and out of service. Um, but I do have, I have three clients that, that love the online training thing. And I think what, what kind of the challenge was, um, is learning to, to cue better and to vocalize more because you can't touch them. Um, you can't necessarily see everything. Um, so it's more of a, uh, a challenge in that sense. Um, I mean, I remember when, when cut seven was turned, we turned everything over to zoom. It was like, you had to learn how to cue better. You, you had to, you couldn't use physical touch. No. Um, so it, yeah. it actually makes you a stronger trainer because you're, you're, you're learning how to vocalize more. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been challenging. Yeah. I, I think there's that certain degree, like you said, you can't use like manual cues and, uh, and, and you, you might miss things cause you don't need, you know, there's that certain, I guess, 3d it, that you don't three, three dimensional, right? We're not uh, three dimensional yeah. anymore. So, yeah. so you kind of lose some depth, uh, depth perception, but Absolutely. I think, you know, on, on the PT side of things, I found it particularly helpful because people were using equipment at home that like just random household items became workout items. Absolutely. Where previously, you know, people would, you know, come in and, you know, use whatever equipment they had at the gym, you know, whatever gym they went to, but you know, in their home, it's like, they were able to be like, all right, well, I have this bag of tools or I have this backpack with textbooks or this gallon of milk. Like these yeah. are the things I'm going to use. Yeah. And, and it, I think it ultimately helped people realize that like, you can get creative. You can you get can creative. And so it was like that problem solving side yeah. of things that like, I feel like I hadn't like accessed in a while that like, you're able to like troubleshoot these things. Like, all right, well you can't go to the gym anymore, but like, how can we make this work? And I remember like one patient he had, he had this, like, he was doing shoulder presses with like a 25 pound statue. And he's like, I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a pretty big statue you got there. He's like, yeah, it's an old family heirloom. I was like, are you sure you should be using that for this? He's like, yeah, it's fine. I was like, Please don't drop it. Please don't drop it. I yeah. Like, okay. I, you know, I was, I was leading, um, I did uh, virtual workouts for Lululemon, uh, for, for a while there. And I was, I was just putting like Kansas soup in a backpack to, to make things work. There I was go. using 
paper plates as sliders, you know, you just, you learn how to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think people really like that too. Uh, I know I've had, like you said, you've, you've got three people who just love the zoom sessions. I still have people that are like, yeah, let's just stick with zoom. This is fine. And, and they're still, you know, getting, um, you know, benefit from it, which I think is ultimately the most important great thing. Great workout in. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's, 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 as you said, it's not 3d. So being able to maneuver myself while they do a deadlift to make sure they're in the right form is a little bit more challenging. Um, but it still can be very effective. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the funniest thing for me was the realization that after five years of telling people not to sit too long at their desk to get up and move, I had turned into that guy. I know. I had turned into the, the desk bound, you know, person that was, you know, I was doing, you know, four or five telehealth sessions in a row. And then I would like look up and realize I hadn't stood up, you know, in five hours. And I was like, wait a second. Losing all circulation in your legs. You're like, what is this? Yeah. I'm like, I'm the guy now. And I stand up and my back feels like it's all just like creaky. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to move. And now I realize that I had to start taking my own advice because I had a desk job now. So, um, so that was like, that was like a, a funny slash sad, uh, realization that, and that I needed to like glasses. It did weird things to all of us. We all realize we're our own, you know, worst enemy sometimes, uh, you know, There, there, there you go. Um, and so now, um, cut seven is doing those class, the classes in their new facility. Yes. Off of 14th street, 14th and Swan. Uh-huh. Um, we're there, you know, every day of the week at all hours of the day. Um, and then there's always the a class. Going on. It's great. Well, you know, with COVID people are working from home. So people have different, you know, availability these days. So we do, we offer, um, a wide variety of times which is great. Um, we're also at uh, Doc 5 Monday through Friday in the morning and then Saturday mornings as well. Um, and then we just started doing classes um, at Rocky Run Park in Virginia, which I think is Clarendon area. Um, don't quote me on that though. So we got we technically have three locations right now. Oh man, all right. You guys are- we're all over the place. All over the place. What's a, uh, a typical uh, week of workouts look like for you? For me. Okay. Um, so I would say I typically get in about three to four runs a week. Um, I do at least three classes at cut seven, uh, particularly on heart day. I love that day. It's the hardest day we have. Um, and then I do strength training. So I do, I love my booty workouts. I got to get that. Um, and then I started doing heavy lifting at least once a week. Um, so I would say I work out pretty frequently. What is, what does the heavy lifting look like? Oh, I'm still sore. Um, deadlifts, squats, lunges, the heavy stuff, um, stuff that I don't typically want to do by myself. So I do it with other people. (laughs) Um, and it's just another way to challenge myself. Um, and again, it's all coming back to my ability to, to run better. Um, I mean, you've, you've treated me before I'm, I'm known for getting injured. Um, and so lifting heavier has allowed me to to perform much better and with ease. Yeah, I think one thing I one thing I saw I think I think I pulled this from your bio on the on the Cut Seven website. Oh boy, I was never taught to maintain a healthy balance. Yeah, uh, talk talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm an all or nothing person. I you know it's it, it kind of stems back to my 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 struggles with an eating disorder. Um. I, I, yeah, I'm just an all or nothing person. So I will tend to push myself to limits that I know I can't do. And then that will ultimately lead to, to injury. Um, and it's, it's really bad because every piece of advice that I give my clients to, that I give to athletes, I seem to ignore. Um, (laughs) and so, you know, right now what I'm doing is more preventative. I'm making sure that I'm, I'm doing my foam rolling. I'm doing my homework. Um, but yeah, definitely an all or nothing, nothing person. Well, like you said, you you focus more on personal connections, new experiences, and seeing the positive side. Absolutely. Of things. And I I think, I think that's a good way to, to frame it uh, and and maintaining that balance and and realizing like, you know, what your goals actually are and realizing that like, yeah, having those, those days of lifting, you know, heavier weights that aren't just a hit, you know, workout ultimately provide you with a base of strength that then allows you to run more, do cut seven, do, do those so that you have that base of strength, I think, which is important. 
absolutely. And I do want to reiterate that I definitely take days off. So while I do work out a lot, um, again, Sundays are my days to not move my body. I think rest is the most important thing. At least one day uh, off. At least one day off. Um, Sundays with hands down, without a doubt. Sundays I'm, is like the day where like you, you look at your, um, you look at your, like your step, your steps. Yeah. And like, oh gosh. How I little, how like little steps on my days off. Um, how and little can you, lucky. can you accomplish on your, on your day yeah, off? Exactly. You will not catch me in a gym. You will not catch me outside. You will not catch me. I, I do not move. Um, keep it at like a hundred. My goal. Yes. Just like a hundred, hundred steps a day. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally just going from my couch to my, to my, my fridge. That's all I need. Maybe go downstairs or like pick up like a Uber Eats or something like that, but that's about it. Exactly. How little, how little. All right. We're getting down to the edge of it here. Uh, so I want to ask you a few more, uh, personal personal things on me. Um, what, what are you reading these days? What am I reading these days? Um, okay. So my friend just got me, uh, the untamed book which I just opened. Um, I have not, I've gotten in like three pages in. Favorite book of all time that I've read three times during COVID is Unbroken. Okay. Uh, it's about the World War II vet that, uh, or pr- prisoner of war um, that was a marathon runner. Um, I'm sorry, Olympic marathon runner. Um, okay. It's a really inspiring story. I've read that three times. Um, before that, I was reading The Kite Runner, another one of my classic favorite books. Yep. Um, so yeah, I love to I do. So what's, and what's I un- repeat the same books? Cause they just, every time you pick it up, you're like, you get a different message from it. Um, what's untamed. Untamed. I, I haven't opened it yet. Everyone's been recommending it. It's just, it's one of those things. I've been like three pages in. Um, I can't even tell you the synopsis of it, but everyone keeps like raving about it. Just so tells like, you how okay, to read I'll it. Do it. I'll do it. All right. All right. Fair That's enough. I'll give you more. I'll give you more okay. details. All right. Um, what, uh, so I guess you're not watching anything on TV these days. No. Other than I watched football. <laughs> oh the ravens big win for the ravens this past weekend yeah we're doing good we play the bills uh apparently there's gonna be a big snowstorm when that happens so we'll see how that goes um but yeah. i mean what, what are your what are your what is your uh thoughts on lamar here do you think he's uh do you think he has what it takes here absolutely okay we 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 killed it last season finally lost- he finally won a playoff game I know. I know. I want a playoff game. No, but it was, it was just a no, wild card. I actually didn't go to a single game last season until that pre, uh, until that uh, postseason game, and we lost. And it was oh, so you were. I was bad luck charm, and I, you know, and I hadn't been to Baltimore in years, and I hadn't been to that that stadium in years, and I, I was, I was the bad luck charm. All right. Well, there you uh-huh. go. All right. Well, this year you're you're staying away, and so yeah. uh, <laughs> there you're saying everyone is staying away for COVID. Everyone, everyone yeah. is staying away. Very true um what's uh what's one thing now how long have you lived in dc for oh gosh okay so I, know, I, I know you're from i know you're from maryland originally but how yeah long have you lived in i kind of dabbled in in arlington for a little while i think that's how i said <laughs> dabbled um i moved to noma i would say three and a half years ago okay years ago. um and then i moved to shaw and i've been here ever since gotcha gotcha uh what's what's one thing that you think everybody here in DC needs to experience at least once. And you can't say like going for a run in the mall. You can't say like, you know, that basic stuff. Gotta be something a little, with a little substance to it. Something everyone in DC should experience. Uh, I think that everyone in DC should try the burger from uh, Dukes. The dur- a burger from Dukes. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's coming from somebody that just started eating meat again. <laughs> well, that's right. You were, you were a vegetarian. I was. I was, do you know what turned me into a meat eater? The burger at Dukes. COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was back in the day. Like, so, uh, you know, I get a I phone know. call from Chris. Hey, we're shutting it down. We're all like shit. Um, and we started doing these live classes on Instagram and zoom and we were doing the workouts like multiple times a day, multiple times a week. And yeah. I was like, I can't get enough Brussels sprouts in me to sustain this. And so I started eating fish and then that led to chicken and then it led to burgers. It's a natural progression. Really. Natural progression. So you're, you're yeah. completely off the wagon or, or back on the well, wagon. I am you're off the wagon. wagon. I, really I think you're on the wagon. You're back. Cool. You're, you're on the, yeah. the, meat, on the bandwagon. Is that the what it meat, is? The meat wagon. You're back right. on the meat wagon. It feels good to be back. It feels good. All right. That's good. All right. I mean, I, I'll ha- I will have to say, I will disagree with you that I think, the salt line burger. I will stand by this till the I day I die. Here. Salt line burger is the best burger in DC. All right. Duke's is very good. It's, it's probably a top, top three burger, but the salt, line, the salt line is my, 
go to, I will tell you, you're right down that way. I'm not down that way. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll come on down here and I will, uh, enlighten you Deal. to the, Deal. the, uh, the best burger in DC. Can't wait. Uh, last question. What is the best thing that's happened to you in the last week? Best thing that's happened to me in the last week. Um, oh God. And you can't say this podcast. Well, obviously I want to say this podcast. Well, you can't though. Sorry. Oh man. Um, so give me some positivity here. I think it was the amount of people reaching out to me and around me on Wednesday. I think it was, you know, as, as horrible of a scene as that was, people around me definitely came through and we were connected in that. Um, and I, I think that that was really, that was powerful. Um, cause that was a really sad day for, 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 for America. And I think just to get a little bit of hope through all of that was kind of nice. Yeah. I think that's something that I think being in here in DC, I don't think we'll probably forget anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was definitely an uplifting thing to see, the number of people, whether they were here in DC or outside the city, um, elsewhere in the country that were reaching yeah. out. I think that's, that's a pretty, uh, a, a nice reassuring thing that yeah. there are people out there that care. Yeah, exactly. And so kind of, it kind of changed. I mean, not, it didn't change anything. It was still, I had somebody ask me how I was and I was like, I'm terrified right now. Um, and not for myself, but I'm just terrified for the state that, you know, you know, America's in right now. Um, mm-hmm. and so for people to reach out and to be like, Hey, Mayor, thinking of you, like, I know you're not necessarily at the Capitol, but I'm thinking of you. I think that was, that was kind of, that was kind of nice. Yeah, it was, it was shocking. I'll tell you, I was, when I left the office, I, cause I had basically I had a full slate of, of, uh, of people too, yeah. that day. I had a full slate of people from one to six and you know, somewhere around that two o'clock hours when everything happened and I finished my two o'clock session and basically there was a curfew instituted and then three, four and five o'clock patients had all canceled. And I was like, time to go home. So I walk out of the office and I look to my right when I walk out of the office there towards like Audi field. And I see three buses booking it down Potomac Avenue with a secret service escort. And I was like, okay. I was like, shit's happening. (laughs) (laughs) It is going down. I literally, all I I heard was um, sirens for like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I saw on South Capitol, it was all blocked off with like 20 cop cars. And I was like, I need to be off the road right now. I need to just get uh-huh. home and get off the road. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was certainly scary, but on a positive note, it's good to know, you know, that you have a team around you that yeah. um, is there for you and thinking about you. So yeah. on that note, Mayor, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, people want to find you. They want to connect with you. They want to go to your class. Where can they find you? Uh, at Mayor Chambers um, on Instagram at Mayor Chambers. M-E-R-E. Yeah. Mayor Chambers. Yeah. yeah. And at Cut Seven? And at Cut Seven. Yep. At, at Cut, Cut Seven. seven. Equinox. Yeah, those are my those are my three digs. <laughs> there you go. All right, Mayor, thanks for coming on and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.